Chapter 17. The Blessed Privilege of Seeing God Explained. They shall see God. Matthew 5, 8. These words are linked to the former, Blessed are the pure in heart, and they are a great incentive to heart purity. The pure heart will see the pure God. There is a double view that the saints have of God. They will see God in this life. That is, they will see God spiritually by the eye of faith. Faith sees God's glorious attributes in the mirror of His Word. Faith beholds Him showing forth Himself through the framework of His ordinances. Thus, Moses saw Him who was invisible. Hebrews 11:27. Believers see God's glory as if it were veiled over. They behold His back parts. Exodus 33:23. And they will see God in the life to come. It is this glorious sight that is meant in the text, They shall see God. This is a pleasant prospect. Theologians call this the beatifical vision. At that day, the veil will be pulled off, and God will show himself in all his glory to the soul, as a king on a day of coronation shows himself in all his royalty and magnificence. This sight of God will be the heaven of heaven. We will indeed have a sight of angels, and that will be sweet, but the heart of happiness and the diamond in the ring will be this We shall see God. If the sun is absent, it is night for all the stars. The angels are called stars, Job 38 7. But it would be night in heaven if the sun of righteousness did not shine there. It is the king's presence that makes the royal court. Absalom counted himself half alive unless he could see the king's face. 2 Samuel 14.32. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This sight of God in glory is, first, partly rational and intellectual. We will see Him with the eyes of our mind. If there is not an intellectual sight of God, how do the spirits of just men made perfect see Him? Hebrews 12.23. Second, it is partly physical. It is not that we can behold the bright essence of God with bodily eyes. Indeed, the Anthropomorphites and Vorstians erroneously held that God had a visible shape and figure. As man was made in God's image, so they thought that God was made in man's image. But God is a spirit, John 4.24, and this spirit is invisible. 1 Timothy 1.17. He cannot be seen by bodily eyes. Whom no man hath seen, nor can see. 1 Timothy 6.16. A sight of His glory would overwhelm us. This wine is too strong for our weak heads. When I say that our seeing of God in heaven is physical, I mean that we will see Jesus Christ with bodily eyes, for through Him the glory of God and His wisdom, holiness, and mercy will shine forth to the soul. If you put a plate of steel behind a piece of glass, you may see a face in it. So the human nature of Christ is, as it were, a plate of steel through which we may see the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 4.6. It is in this sense that Scripture is to be understood. With these eyes I will see God. Job 19.26-27. This blessed sight of God is so magnificent and sweet that I can only draw a dark shadow of it. We will understand it better when we get to heaven.
I will now simply present these eight proverbs or sayings. 1. Our sight of God in heaven will be a transparent sight. Here we see Him through a glass darkly, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Through Christ, though, we will behold God in a very prominent manner. God will unveil Himself and show forth His glory as much as the soul is capable to receive. If Adam had not sinned, it is probable that he still would never have had such a clear sight of God as the saints in glory will have. We shall see Him as He is, 1 John 3, 2. Now we see Him as He is not. He is not changeable or mortal. There we will see Him as He is in a very transparent manner. Then shall I know even as also I am known, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, that is, clearly. Does not God know us clearly and fully? Then will the saints know Him, according to their capacity, as they are known. As their love to God will be, so their sight of God will be perfect. 2. This sight of God will be an extraordinary sight. It will surpass in glory. Such glittering beams will sparkle forth from the Lord Jesus that will infinitely amaze and delight the eyes of the beholders. Imagine what a blessed sight it will be to see Christ wearing the robe of our human nature and to see that nature sitting in glory above the angels. If God is so beautiful here in His ordinances, word, prayer, and sacraments, and if there is such excellency in Him when we see Him by the eye of faith through the prospective glass of a promise, what will it be when we will see Him face to face? When Christ was transfigured on the mount, He was full of glory. Matthew 17, 2. If His transfiguration was so glorious, what will His inauguration be? What a glorious time it will be when, as it was said of Mordecai, we will see Him in the presence of His Father, arrayed in royal apparel, and with a great crown of gold upon His head. Esther 8, 15. There will be glory beyond exaggeration. If the sun were ten thousand times brighter than it is, it could not so much as shadow out this glory. In the heavenly horizon we behold beauty in its first magnitude and highest elevation. There we will see the King in His beauty. Isaiah thirty-three seventeen. All lights are mere eclipses compared with that glorious vision. The skill of the artist Apelles would blemish it, and the tongues of angels would only discredit it. 3. This sight of God will be a transforming sight. We shall be like Him, 1 John 3, 2. The saints will be changed into glory. When the light springs into a dark room, the room may be said to be changed from what it was. In the same way, the saints will so see God as to be changed into His image. Psalm 17, 15. Here, God's people are stained and defiled with weaknesses, but in heaven they will be as the dove covered with silver wings. They will have some rays and beams of God's glory shining in them. As a person who rolls himself in the snow is of a snow-like whiteness, and as the crystal, by having the sun shine on it, sparkles and looks like the sun, so the saints, by beholding the brightness of God's glory, 
will have a trace of that glory upon them. It's not that they will partake of God's very essence, for as the iron in the fire becomes fire yet remains iron, so the saints, by beholding the brilliance of God's majesty, will be glorious creatures, but will still be creatures. 4. This sight of God will be a joyful sight. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Acts 2.28. After a bitter winter, how pleasant it will be to see the Son of Righteousness displaying Himself in all His glory. Does faith produce joy? In whom, though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. 1 Peter 1.8. If the joy of faith is so glorious, what will the joy of vision be? The sight of Christ will amaze the eye with wonder and will ravish the heart with joy. If the face of a friend whom we entirely love affects us so much and drives away sorrow, how comforting will the sight of God be to the saints in heaven! Then indeed it may be said, Your heart shall rejoice. John 16, 22. There are two things that will make the saints' vision of God in heaven joyful. A. Through Jesus Christ, the dread and terror of the divine essence will be taken away. Majesty will appear in God to preserve reverence, but, furthermore, the majesty will be clothed with beauty and softened with sweetness to excite joy in the saints. We will see God as a friend, not as guilty Adam did, who was afraid and hid himself, Genesis 3.10, but as Queen Esther looked upon King Ahasuerus holding forth the golden scepter, Esther 5.2. Surely this sight of God will not be formidable, but pleasant. And b. The saints will not only have vision, but they will also have fulfillment. They will so see God as to enjoy Him. Thomas Aquinas and John Duns Scotus disputed the case whether the formalis ratio, the very formality and essence of blessedness, is an act of the understanding or of the will. Aquinas said that happiness consists in the intellectual part, the bare seeing of God. Scotus said that happiness is an act of the will, the enjoying of God. But certainly true blessedness encompasses both. It lies partly in the understanding, by seeing the glory of God richly displayed, and partly in the will, by a sweet, delicious taste of it and submission of the soul in it. We will so see God as to love Him, and so love Him as to be filled with Him. Seeing God implies fulfillment. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, Matthew 25, 21. Not only behold it, but enter into it. In thy light we shall see light, Psalm 36, 9. That is vision. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16:11 That is fulfillment. The joy that flows from a sight of God is so great that it will make the saints break forth into triumphant praises and hallelujahs. 5. This sight of God will be a satisfying sight. If you cast three worlds into the heart, they will not fill it, but the sight of God satisfies. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Psalm 17:15. Solomon said, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, 
Ecclesiastes 1, 8. There, however, the eye will be satisfied with seeing. God and nothing but God can satisfy. The saints will have their heads so full of knowledge and their hearts so full of joy that they will find no lack. 6. This sight of God will be a tireless sight. If a person sees the rarest sight that is, he will soon be ready to move on. When he comes into a garden and sees delightful walkways, fine arbors, and pleasant flowers, he grows weary after a little while. But it is not so in heaven. There is never too much. We will never be weary of seeing God, for as the divine essence is infinite, Every moment there will be new and fresh delights springing forth from God into the glorified soul. No matter how much the soul desires God, it will still be full, and it will never be so full that it will stop desiring God. God will be so satisfying that the more the saints behold God, the more they will be enraptured with desire and delight. 7. This sight of God will be a beneficial sight. It will tend to improve and profit the soul. Some colors, while they delight the eyes, hurt them. However, this intuition and vision of God will profit the soul and tend to its infinite happiness. When Eve looked upon the tree of knowledge, it prejudiced her sight. She afterward grew blind from it. But the saints can receive no detriment from the inspection of glory. This sight will be beneficial. The soul will never be in its perfection until it comes to see God. This will be the crowning blessing. And 8. This sight of God will be perpetuated. Here we see objects a while, and then our eyes grow dim and we need eyeglasses, but the saints will always behold God. Just as there will be no cloud upon God's face, so the saints will have no specks in their eyes. Their sight will never grow dim, but for all eternity they will look upon God, that beautiful and divine object. Oh, what a soul-entrancing sight this will be! God must make us able to bear it. We can no more endure a sight of God's glory than a sight of His wrath, but the saints, after this life, will have their capacities enlarged, and they will be qualified and made ready to receive the penetrating beams of glory. Is there such a blessed privilege after this life? Then let me persuade all who hear me this day to get into Christ. We cannot come to God except by Christ. When Moses was in the rock, he saw God. Exodus 33, 22-23 In this blessed rock, Christ, we will see God. Let me persuade all who hear me today to be purified people. It is only the pure in heart who will see God. Only a clear eye can behold a bright transparent object. Only those who have their hearts cleansed from sin can have this blessed sight of God. Sin is such a cloud that if it is not removed, it will forever hinder us from seeing the sun of righteousness. Christian, do you have upon your heart holiness to the Lord? If so, then you will see God. Augustine said that there are many people who could be content to go to heaven, but they are unwilling to take the way that leads there. They want to have the glorious vision, but they neglect the gracious union. There are several types of eyes that will never see God. The ignorant eye, 
the impure eye, the scornful eye, the malicious eye, and the covetous eye. If you want to see God when you die, you must be purified people while you live. We shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. 1 John 3 2-3. Now I will turn to the pure in heart. Stand amazed at this privilege, so that you who are worms and have crept out of the dust can gain access to the blessed sight of God to all eternity. It was Moses' prayer, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Exodus 33:18. The saints will behold God's glory. The pure in heart will have the same blessedness that God Himself has, for what is the blessedness of God except contemplating His own infinite beauty? Begin your sight of God here. Let the eye of your faith remain upon God. By faith Moses saw Him who is invisible. Hebrews 11:27. Often look upon Him with believing eyes, whom you hope to see with glorified eyes. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. Psalm 25:15. While others are looking toward the earth as if they would find all their comforts there, let us look up to heaven. There is the best prospect. The sight of God by faith would let in much joy to the soul. Though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. 1 Peter 1, 8. Let this be as cool water to revive the pure in heart. Be comforted with this. You will soon see God. The godly have many sights here that they do not want to see. They see a body of death. They see the sword unsheathed. They see rebellion wearing the mask of religion. They see the white devil of self-righteousness. These sights bring sorrow, but there is a blessed sight coming. They shall see God. In God all radiant blessings and captivating joys are to be found. Do not be discouraged at sufferings. All the harm that affliction and death can do is to give you a sight of God. As one man said to his fellow martyr, a half hour in glory will make us forget our pain. When the sun arises, all the dark shadows of the night fly away. When the pleasant beams of God's countenance will begin to shine upon the soul in heaven, then sorrows and sufferings will be no more. The dark shadows of the night will fly away. The thoughts of this beatifical vision, this sight of God, should carry a Christian at full speed with joy through the waters of affliction. This made Job willing to embrace death. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job 19, 25-26